Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Ancestral wisdom and a knowledge transfer that came through the ancestral plane in the birth. So I felt accompanied. Mm. I felt covered, you know. So for me, that's like what was the origin, right? And within 20 minutes of my son's birth, I said to everybody in the room, I have to, I have to help other women through this. I have to help because nobody said it would be this. I have to, I have to help preserve this, this, this moment for people like whatever is supposed to be for them, but I have to help protect it. And I knew that. And I was able to say that lucidly while I was high after Mm. my son's birth, right? Which is a total high, which we'll talk about more, but I I felt this overwhelming sense of um, euphoria when he was born. Right. But I was able to be lucid enough to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And it's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. You guys, this episode is sponsored by Honeypot, our famous... Famous favorite. Our famous and favorite wellness brand, intimacy wellness brand. We love Honeypot. You've heard us talk about it. You've heard us share on social. And honestly, it's still hot as fuck out here. I don't go anywhere without Honeypot. I actually just came back from Europe. I had Honeypot in the bag. I put it on every single toilet. I don't know, for me, like I literally have to travel with wipes and I put them on every single toilet. It's essential. <laughs> um, and I just love their wipes because they smell like sandalwood. They have the sandalwood essence. They also have like a lavender one. They have a nice cucumber aloe, and it's like it, it like it's, it makes me feel nostalgic. Remember that like cucumber melon from back in the day that everyone had? Is that from Be- Bath and Body Works? Yeah, <laughs> I was like smelling it. I was like, like on the toilet. Like, this reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> Uh, uh, and it's black owned. I love that. I love at, like I love when I'm in my house and I'm using my products. And I'm like that's that's made by a sister. That's made by a sister. <laughs> like it makes me feel like I'm. Well, I also supporting. I love that, but I also like that it's female founded and owned because what other person would know how to make products for our bodies? Like why weren't we advocating for this sooner? Because I still don't know who the fuck Johnson and Johnson is. <laughs> so make sure you check out their their line. They have a bunch of different products. They have their ritual line, which I love. They have. Uh, lubricants and serums stimulating um, serums that I really enjoy they also have boric acid to help regulate your pH pH balance mm-hmm. um, so make sure you go to thehoneypot.co and use our code GMBC23 for 25% off that's a big ass discount the whole site and they got all the things that you need everything your yoni needs they got it amen hallelujah <laughs> Hallelujah to fem- to women-owned feminine products. <laughs> How are you, my love? I am good. I'm very good. I'm, you know, I'm just chilling. School started. I'm a school mom again, which you guys know is my 
my least favorite part about being a mom is that I have to wake up and take a child to school like I'm in school. <laughs> and I thought I'd have more time, but the summers just keep coming and going. So I'm good. She's in third grade now, which seems like a very big age. Like the homework is more intense. So and she's like a little bit more like independent and like going in her room and on her iPad to like talk to her friends. She's like, I'm just ta- I'm on the phone. I'm like, I don't care. I re- <laughs> had like her, her, her iPad went off like a text and I was like, who? It was like multiple texts. I'm like, who are you talking to? She's like, oh, I'm in a group chat. Ta- I'm on a group chat with my friends. And I was like, which ones? And she's like, why? And I was like, why? Hold up. <laughs> Give me this. Give me the iPad. What do you mean, why? And she's like, mom, it's just Noah and Carter and me and Luna. I'm like, all right, well, what are y'all talking about? I'm going to look when you're sleeping. I know. You know what? <laughs> Because Luna's been, like, sending me TikToks. Like, you and Orlando should do this. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she sent me a TikTok? Oh, my God. I'm, like, a little girl. And she's, like, looking all – she's, like, acting all nice. And it's, like, how I act at my dad with my, with my dad's family. And then she's, like, going, like, going crazy. She's, like, how I act when I'm with my mom. I was, like, so you know. You be showing your ass around me. Well, there was another TikTok where they say, you know what the abbreviation for M-O-M, mom stands for? Made of money. I know. And so funny. she, like, won't let that go at all. And honestly, it's true because, you know, I just got back from Europe and I spent every fucking dollar that I have. I'm going to eat top ramen for the next I was gonna say you're gonna eat five weeks <laughs> because the euro is not the, the U.S. dollar is fucking trash over there. And they charge for every fucking thing. Every pot. I had to because I didn't check in early because I didn't check in before I arrived at the airport. They charged me one hundred and fifty dollars. One fifty. That was more expensive than my plane ticket. So if you would have just checked in, they online. said they have a policy you have to check in before, and I was like, "How would I supposed to know that?" They said we sent an email, and I was like, I, "What?" Yeah. So did you enjoy your trip? I did. It seemed lovely. I saw your photos, your professional photos, and it looked like your cooking classes. I know. I was I, jealous. I was I was keeping our tribe up um, at Patreon on Patreon updated. I, I haven't really shared much on social, so if you're on Patreon, make sure you go check out all of the pictures, all of my little journal diary entries about my trip in Europe. I went to Berlin. I went to Venice. I went to Cinque Terre, which is like this. It's like the Italian Riviera. I went to Florence and then I ended in Paris and um, it was a lot. I overpacked. So I was lugging like a big ass suitcase up train stairs that had no elevators. Well, it was me and her and she doesn't carry shit. So it was just me. So we had one big luggage with all of our stuff, and then I had two little carry-ons, and I, I did overpack. Yes, I did, but I I didn't consider like taking the train and then like not it being an old country and not having elevators, <laughs> and also people are rude. Like they see me with my kid, and no one's helping me. Like I'm just like struggling up these stairs. It's our. It's also like 95 degrees. So basically, you're telling me chivalry is also dead in the UK. I threw out my shoulder. I've been in pain for like. A week and a half. Um, but other than that, other than that, it was really good. Um, I feel like me and Irie reconnected. I feel like, um, I don't know, like, our just, we just, I really tried to be as present as I could. I really tried to stay off my phone as much as I could. And, um, and it was, we just like went to the park a lot, which I don't really do that here a lot. Like she asks me to go and I'm like, mm. But the, for the, for some reason there, I was it was I was all about it. So I was like, you know, I really need to adopt these practices here and just 
I, I'm, we talk about this all the time, just being present, obviously. And, you know, when you're a business owner and just doing a thousand things, it can feel really impossible. But um, it was really, really special. And I am dedicated to doing it every year if I can. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll go to like a cheaper country. <laughs> <laughs> I was really like stepping into my bougie era this year. And I, I was really adamant about going to Europe because I hadn't been in a few years. And, um, we just work so hard and I was like, fuck that. I'm going. And I did. And I'm happy that I did. Good. I know. And you've inspired me. I want to go on a little mommy daughter trip. I think that would be nice. Yeah. I think it's important to connect with your kids, especially as they get older. It's happening quickly. And I realize, like as she's like becoming cooler and like having friends, I'm like, oh, we don't want to hang out with me. So I think to stay connected to your kid, you have to kind of and it's, it's hard for us, too, because it's like I don't want to do kid shit. I'm a grown ass woman. <laughs> but we didn't I, I mean we took cooking classes and like I have you know I, it wasn't four kids. I mean there were some kids in our last one but it was it was just fun to like learn something with her right, too. Right. And like we didn't really go to a lot of museums because she was she's not that age yet. Like I tried and she was like I took her to the Dior Museum in Paris. I was like it's fashion. It's going to be so amazing. Christian Dior. I was like reading all the things and she was like <laughs> Where are you going to the park? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yes, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you got to take that time for yourself and regulate your nervous system and rest and spend time with Irie before this, the school year starts because you will cry as soon as you, she closes the door when third grade starts. Oh, God. Because this, that's what happened. I was totally fine. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a button was pushed. I was like, tears. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I was fine. Oh, so. I know. She starts next week, so... I'm scared. She has three binders, apparently. She's been telling me for weeks. I have three binders. I'm like, okay. What does that mean? It's real work. It means a lot of homework that I'm going to be having to do. Mr. Tyler, <sighs> shout out to the tutors of the world. Amen. Because this new Singapore math is some bullshit. <laughs> and I know you. I know the moms know. That Singapore math, that's what it's called. It's a new school math. And it's, it's, it's an atrocity to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly moms. Agreed. Anyway, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the final week of Badass Birthing August. We've brought a lot of amazing guests, but today, and this week is a very special week because it's also Black Maternal... No, Black Breastfeeding Week. Bre- I always fuck this up. <laughs> black Breastfeeding Week, and we have a very special guest. We have a, a birth and doula advocate. We have a birth and doula expert. <laughs> we have... <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? No. That's fine. <laughs> we have a found, the founder of Mama Glow, Mama Glow Lathan Thomas. Hi. 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 <laughs> Welcome to the living room. Yes, I can come sit closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Go. I don't know. Should I move it? I think it's stop moving. Okay. Shit. It just looks far from her mouth. Because I was like this. <laughs> yeah, now I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Latham, thanks, thanks for coming on our show. Latham. 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 Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we've been um, all month. We've been interviewing different women um, Mm -hmm. in the space Mm -hmm. and I was telling you earlier that uh, my friend Daphne who's also a friend of the show and I've known her for years check out Daphne's episode it's called Return of the Soft Woman Um, 
she, when I got pregnant, she told me, you need to talk to her, Latham. You need to talk to her. And I didn't fucking listen. And I should have because <laughs> I ended up giving birth at a hospital, mm. aka Cedar sinai Hospital, which I recently saw has like a class civil action rights civil rights lawsuit, lawsuit yes. um, for their, you know, their poor treatment of black women in birth. Yep. And I had a t- not, I don't want to say it wasn't like the worst experience, mm-hmm. but it was not a great experience yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm so glad I'm, I know you now. I've met you now. I'm so glad but unfortunately, too. I didn't listen to Daphne. I'm sorry, Daphne. <laughs> We're here now. We're here now. We're here yeah. now. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Yeah. Um, so I'm just so intrigued with all all the work that you do. You you have such a powerful business and powerful message. Thank and you. um, you're really changing lives. So how did you get into the work that you do? Like, what is the what is the conception story? Well, I'm from Oakland, California. And when I was about four years old, my mother was pregnant with my sister. My aunt was pregnant and then my great aunt all at the same time do within a month of each other, March, April, May. Of, mm. Right. Um, and. You know, at that age, and you all know, because you're closer to that age than I am. My son's 20 now. But at that age, you remember the height of a four-year-old? It's kind of like around the belly height, right? So I'm looking around, and everything I see from that vantage point is just these beautiful bellies, like, you know, expanding in front of me. And um, and my mother was, like, really into me being educated. So I had coloring books, like Grey's Anatomy coloring book. I had... Um, there was a show on PBS called My Mom's Having a Baby. I was watching that. I still remember the jingle for that show. Um, I was watching just like all educational programming around like becoming a sibling. And um, and so, yeah, so I was just like really dialed in. And so much so that like the body literacy piece, I was very serious about because I was like doing coloring books, right? So I could tell you all the anatomy of the pelvis by like age four and a half. Wow. And so, <laughs> and so when we would be in the grocery store, my mom was like so proud of this. She was like, yeah, we were in the store one time and someone's like, oh, your mother has a baby in her tummy. I was like, oh, no, no, no. My mother has a baby in her uterus. It's going to come out of her vagina. Ooh. So, right. <laughs> so that was like the, the, you know, the, the type of education she was providing. And so fast forward to the birth, um, you know, she had the baby. I was fascinated with this process. And were you um, at the, which, but did she have a home birth? Or? She had the baby in a hospital, but um, the, the whole like lead up, like I understood everything that was going to happen. Cause my mom like explained everything. And, um, and then she explained when she came home, like how it was. And um, so my cousin and I, we had like Cabbage Patch dolls at the time, which like total relic for those who weren't born I in the 1980s. Love ca- cabbage Patch dolls. Cabbage Patch dolls were everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So we would like stuff them under our shirts and pretend to deliver each other's babies, me and my cousin, right? So <laughs> we had like a whole idea of what we thought birth was. And so fast forward, those were like the seeds planted for me, you know, about like, you know, what birth could be, how fascinating and incredible the body is and um, the magic and wisdom and mystical experience that happens inside of our bodies. Um, that seed was planted then. And so then fast forward to when my son, I'm pregnant with my son, um, who's now 20, 20 years ago, think about, um, well, really 21 during the pregnancy, think about the, um, the type of technology we had. Like now we're really used to apps and social and so, like none of this existed, by the way. People didn't even text 20 years like ago. your baby right. is the size of a raspberry. Right. All of this, <laughs> we had websites like this, uh-huh. right, which were like very ugly and flexible, hard to navigate. And there weren't like, there weren't the tools and resources that we have today, so I was like navigating this this experience, literally talking to people like, hey, like what's the best practitioner for this and who's the best practitioner for that thing? And so I was like writing this down by hand, okay, um, which would all become like my first book, um, Mama Glow. All of these like kind of findings around my pregnancy um, became that book. But in this time, there was not the same, you couldn't navigate it in the same way that we do now. And so um, I had a, you know, like a sort of like signal go off, like, hey, like we can make this easier for people. Being from California, I wanted to do like a very natural, I wanted to do like a home-like environment. I didn't want to do a home birth because where I lived um, with my son's father, if you know anything about New York City, the house was way too small. It was not happening. And um, I didn't feel comfortable there. So there was a birth center. Um, He was living at... 222 West 23rd Street and there was a birth center on 222 West 14th. Mm. So the numerology for me was like all the way lining up (laughs) and where he was going to be born it was right next door to a club that we used to go to (laughs) called Nell's that became Two Eyes that became the Darby. So my son thinks he was born in a nightclub Um, and he became a DJ so like all this is lining up. (laughs) He might be right. So yeah. So that was like the whole thing right. So I I get to deliver in this birth center and um, I had you know and I don't want to get too deep into it because I know we'll talk more but like I had this really transformative event and I had you know an out of body experience with the birth and it was transcendent and at the time I was like wait a minute like people don't talk about this they talk about like the pain and they talk about like just birth being something that like incapacitates them or makes them feel like less um less powerful and for me I felt more empowered I felt like I stepped into this other realm of myself I felt my ego shed and on the other side this new woman emerges and And I felt like, you know, this new sense of power, you know, and so I was like, oh, yeah, like nobody said my ancestors were going to show up to the birth. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my experience was one where it was so transformative in a positive way that I felt compelled right, to to move in the direction. I was already doing women's health, but really move in the direction of service in, in birth work, more specifically around doula care. And um, I did not have a doula present, but I did have my best friend um, at the time who became my son's godmother, who's now um, a really big OBGYN in D.C. Um, she was there. My son's father was there. I had, like, my midwife. I had family members. It was like a party in my son's birth. It was, like, too many people there. So I did not need a doula. But I had to. And then I also had, like, you know this this um transmission of of 
ancestral wisdom and a knowledge transfer that came through the ancestral plane in the birth. So I felt accompanied. Mm. I felt covered, you know? So for me, that's like what was the origin, right? And within 20 minutes of my son's birth, I said to everybody in the room, I have to, I have to help other women through this. I have to help because nobody said it would be this. I have to, I have to help preserve this, this, this moment for people, like whatever it's supposed to be for them, but I have to help protect it. And I knew that. And I was able to say that lucidly while I was high after Mm. my son's birth, right? Which is a total high, which we'll talk about more, but I I felt this overwhelming sense of um, euphoria when he was born. Right. But I was able to be lucid enough to say that. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, you know, I never, th- I, I always refer to birth as a rite of passage. It and, is. And granted, my, you know, I was in a hospital. I didn't want to be, I wanted to do it at home. It didn't work out that way. But I've never heard anyone say, like, um, my, I, no one told me my ancestors were going to be present. And, like, that makes so much sense, right? Like, we're literally opening up the portal. Yeah. So, of course, we would have easier contact with the other side. Yes. But we don't even think that way because, you know, there's all, there's all this fear about the pain that we're going to – so there's all, we're just, like, thinking about, fuck, this is going to hurt. Am I going to be able to get through this? Am I going to make it? But it's like you don't really realize, like, this is an opportunity to kind of have those clear downloads and have yes. that that – that plane of conversation with your ancestors and to really be like, yo, help me out, you know, but like, that's so beautiful. Um, what even then, is it because you were in like in the health space that it even dawned on you to have a birth at a birthing center? Because 21 years ago, I could imagine that's not very popular. Yeah. You know, um, I knew I wanted to have an out of hospital experience because I'm not a person who likes hospitals and so, um, and when I was going for my care prenatally, I was seeing, um, I went to Columbia Presbyterian cause I was like, oh, I guess I went to Columbia. I guess I should go there, you know? And, um, it was, I was like, this care is backwards. Like they're not. And I had an amazing Muslim midwife. Um, we called her Umi. She was awesome. But I was like, so, and she was telling me how stuff was going to go down. I was like, this is not my, this is not my place. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my son's father, we were walking across 14th. He's like, we should pop into this place. And I was like, you think they would take our insurance? Like you think he's like, let's just go in. And so we went inside and they were like, come do a, um, like a basically kind of like an orientation kind of, and like an open house kind of thing. So we went to the open house and then they just basically share with you how they run the birth center. And it's like, you have full autonomy, you know, and sovereignty. So you walk in, um, when you do your appointments, you take your own weight, you do your own, um, you test your urine. So you like pee over a strip and then you basically check to see like if there's protein present and things like that, you report it on your notes by yourself. Mm. And then, um, and you take your own weight and record that. And then you, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's something else you would do, but those are the main two things you would do. And then the midwife would come into the room and see you and you would be looking at your chart. You had access to your chart anytime I could like be in the world and be like, Oh, I want to see what's in my chart. And I could walk in there, go behind the console, grab my chart, read it. They gave you a full copy of all your medical records as soon as you had your baby as well. So it was like, it wasn't no, like, it's like, it's my information. Why is it taking me three weeks to get like medical records? Right. Mm. So it was just like full openness and transparency. Um, they, they make you do 21 hours of education before you deliver there so that you actually are not in a space of being afraid. Right. So because if you don't have the education or you don't have the support, then you don't realize that, yeah, birth is an opportunity to hold hands with God, Mm -hmm. to dance. Right. And to be in 
a cosmic dance, mm. to be in the space of where your body actually creates all of the medicine that you need, right, to get you through. And as you said, birthing rights really allow us the opportunity to separate from our normal station in life, right, to pull away, right, to prepare to actually undergo transformation, right? So move from the preliminal space to the liminal and then post-liminal when we come on the other side. So you literally do go through an arc that is about progression and growth and also transformation. It is like how we see any life cycle like butterflies too, right? You see how they start as caterpillars, right? And then one day they begin to meditate on what it would be to become and they stop eating and they spin a chrysalis and they stay there and they literally dissolve, right? Symbolically, but also, also physically, right? Physically and symbolically resolve a dissolve. And, and then something else is spun inside, right? And something else is created and then something else emerges, right? And so they move from that, from one plane to, an, to the next. And if you see where they were when they started, it's nothing like they were on the other side. It's like they, they have something else. It's not just wings when they emerge. They have something else too. And so same for us. When we emerge from this person who is moving through their regular station in life and then feels now the calling to birth, it's time, right? And it's really the mother and the baby's spirit that decides when it's time to be born, right? And so then you you feel this overcoming you you feel that it's time so you start to move out so people do things like take maternity leave or they start cleaning we see things like um like the nesting, nesting. Yeah. right? You start cleaning everything like crazy and right, throwing <laughs> stuff out and walls, right? right? I and did it all. Organizing, <laughs> right? That is the body preparing to separate, mm. right? Preparing to separate. And then, because you can't relax if things, if you don't feel like everything's in place, right? So then you can separate and you can actually go into this spiritual plane where all of that work is happening, where you dissolve an ego and this new version of yourself is ready to emerge and carry you to the other side but while you're here right in the liminal space you have an opportunity to access healing to access wisdom to touch and reach back and grab things that you need to carry to the other side right which we call Sankofa reaching back right and so we so we grab those things we need and then we carry them to the other side and and with us we're like we're like covered right we have actual like caretakers we have like our ancestors who carry us to the other side and what is happening that disrupts this process is our current medical model our current birthing practices and birthing culture in the west and particularly in the united states disrupts all of the systems that actually support us taking having birthing rights right and so um, so for many people, instead of feeling safety and dignity and belonging and transcendence and self-discovery and opening and pleasure and all that's available to us, that's actually supposed to be available to us, we feel afraid. We feel, you know, um, indignity. We suffer. We feel unheard. We feel like, um, you know, uh, we feel pain, right? And so what... I teach and help people to connect to is that 
living memory, right? Like that this is actually in our cells. And this is also, we know how to birth, but also we know how to caretake, right? As a community, we know how to take care of each other. If you're birthing, I know how to show up just like you know how to, we all know how to show up. And it's our right, it's our birthright to have that support and to feel that safety net. And what is being denied us, it's not, you know, we're in a maternal health crisis in this country. But what I hate that we focus on so much is like, we want people, like we want black women to survive. I want black women to fucking thrive Mm. through birthing. Not, I want them to feel like when they come out, like stomping their feet and, and, and shouting and laughing and feeling whole. And not feeling like something was taken away, which so many of us feel. And we can't get that. That is, you only have one birthday. The rest are anniversaries. Mm. So we have to get birth right. And we deserve to birth in, in sanctity and to feel safety and dignity and to be seen in our power as we become mothers. We deserve that. We are owed that. And so what is happening right now is not just... Horrifying because it means that many of us don't make it out alive, but also those of us who survive, look at what it does because how you birth also you carry that experience into how you live. And so until we can unpack the the pain, you know, of what we carry from the morning of, uh, of an experience that was denied us or that we didn't have is that um, many of us don't have the opportunity to, to cry. I know you're making me really emotional. <laughs> I feel really emotional because I, I, I'm like, wow, I really did fuck up. I should have called you. No, you did not. <laughs> because I didn't have that experience, and I, I, I had everything opposite of that, and I did feel robbed, and I still feel obviously hurt by my experience. And, yeah. Um, that is not. I did not have that transformational experience. I wanted that. Like my intuitively, I knew that that's what I was capable of, but I was denied that I was told I was wrong over and over again. Mm. And then like, you know, it's the same story. Like people listening right now, you've been through this exact story, maybe even worse than me. And hearing like the power and the, the beauty of what birth is like, I don't know if I'll ever experience that again. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm going to have another child again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I am a, I love my, my baby and I love, yes. I'm happy that she's healthy, but that's really what they say is yeah. like, as long as they're healthy, that's all that matters. Which is gaslighting by the way. And that's, right. and that's literally what I was fed over and over again. Whenever I shared what my, my, my wants were mm-hmm. and my needs were and mm-hmm. that I was selfish and that all you want is a healthy baby. All we want out of this is a healthy baby. By the way, that's gaslighting because if I say to you, well, you know, at least this, it's like, but, but what about what I feel? What about how I was made to feel? It's okay. Obviously we're happy a baby is safe, but how you were made to feel in the process matters because what, why tears are coming now is because how you were made to feel in the process, that you were not seen, right? That you were not held in your vulnerability. Mm. And so if someone had honored you, imagine if you had the outcome that you had, but along the way, people checked in and looked in your eyes and laid on hands and asked if you were okay. And what could we do to make it more comfortable? And are you okay now? And is everything better? And how are you feeling? And is this enough? And 
like just little things. Is the temperature okay? Would you like a blanket? Can I just wipe your tears? Right? Can I give you some water? Do you want tea? Like if they were just kind, even if the outcome, right? If you weren't going to change the outcome, if the things that happened along the way, if the way you were treated along the way, right? Because how what you're recalling is treatment, mm-hmm. right? And so we internalize how we're made to feel, which is why so many of us, if we think about like our childhoods mm. and things that we were resolving as adults or trying to resolve as adults, it was how somebody made us feel. Somebody said something and it <laughs> sat inside mm-hmm. and now we working it out as adults, right? So it's like that the feeling and what I seek to protect is actually your memory, like the memory of the birth experience to me is what a doula's job is, is to protect the memory so that when you tell the story, I am concerned with how you would tell the story. Like that's actually my job, Mm -hmm. not just obviously to make sure everything goes well. And, you know, and doula for those who want to know, because I know a lot of you have been listening all month about birth, badass birthing. So, I'm sure you're aware, but um, doulas are non-clinical care providers providing emotional support and physical support and education and advocacy and, and partner support if you have a partner present. But also how I see it is that we are also um, keepers of your birth memory. And so we need to be thinking about how to design a space and a safety net and, um, and a container for you to have trans- a transcendent experience, but also... And also, we are there to think through how you will come on to the other side and talk about this experience, how you will share your birth story. I'm concerned with that. And so for me, I would be thinking, you know, in working with you all, like, okay, talking through your desires and wishes and also your fears and all these things and designing a space, right? and and tools that you could be using to help carry you through a process and then even if we have an experience that does not go as planned also processing the birth experience is very important right coming on the other side and actually having adequate space to emotionally process is so key and that's also denied us because like you said it's well at least the baby was ha- is healthy so let's move on pump up the breast milk and mm-hmm. right like it's just like let's keep get it out moving get out yeah mm-hmm. let's keep it moving instead of wait a minute a mother was just born mm-hmm. right and so if we think about how we treat babies we don't leave them alone we pick them up we're feeding them every 2 hours changing diapers like somebody's always with an infant they are never left alone somebody should always be with you in immediate aftercare, you should be not just observed by a physician. You need to be with community mm-hmm. and you need to be in a safe space where you can process and eat and rest and reflect and right. And, and, and move through the postpartum rights, mm-hmm. right? That's also being denied. So because we have one in four women going back to work 10 days after having a baby in this country, we not get in that space. Right. And then we have people who had babies in a pandemic isolated. Mm. Right. We didn't get that space. So so it's very important what you're surfacing now, because maybe you weren't able to do it then. Right. And it's important that you're making space for these conversations because it's healing community. It's healing people who are listening. But it's also like a gift for you. Right. To to like surface up the emotions and the um, 
yeah, and the and the uh, the raw, you know, feelings, right? That maybe the right people weren't there to tend to, but we're in community now, and so we can hold you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm so grateful for your your perspective, like just you sharing in that way, because with like a while you were sharing, I'm just like, duh, you know, like if, birth is a spiritual experience. Absolutely. And we've obviously medicalized it so much that I think, unfortunately, it's like the gaslighting is so severe, especially in the United States, is that yeah. it begin, it's the disempowerment from pregnancy to birth oh, yeah. is really designed to make women shut the fuck up. Yep. It's really designed for you not to even think that it's supposed to be that. It's designed so that you don't understand your power when you leave because it's easier to control a woman who's not empowered. And like I didn't even think about that. Like when you're discussing how you can go into your birthing center and grab your chart and see what the fuck they're writing about you. I'm thinking, what the fuck did they write on that goddamn folder that I've never seen? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why are you holding can you turn that bitch around? <laughs> what right. is on that paper? Yeah. But it's like, we are so accustomed to a certain type of treatment. Yep. We're so accustomed. Well, a blind trust. Bl- well, yeah. And we're so accustomed to Absolutely. just saying, okay, oh, well, oh, only my baby is supposed to be healthy. Like, it's like the beginning of, as soon as you give birth, you're like, oh, where's your baby at? Like, fuck you. Not, don't mind the fact that I ushered the baby through, but it's the, it's like the, the, the grooming of, your disconnection with yourself. Yes. And it begins so early. And they're like, we know better. You don't. It's like a training and forgetting your intuition. Mm -hmm. And the craziest part is, is like, there's nothing, there's no role needing of your intuition and your power more than being a mother. Mm -hmm. So when you begin the journey that way, it makes you feel insecure in becoming a mother. And it makes you be like, maybe stay in a relationship that doesn't serve you anymore because you're like, okay, because you've already just laid down and let it, let it happen to you, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's just like, even I'm thinking about you and and you're like, um, Adula is a shaman. Mm -hmm. You are spiritually ushering me through a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just like people travel to Peru to go get, go do ayahuasca or whatever they're doing over there. You know, you, you are like, I want to be with someone who knows what they're doing because this is a spiritual experience that I'm, you know, investing in because I'm trying to get a certain result. But birth is that spiritual experience. You know what I mean? The doula is that shaman and like your birthplace is the altar. But I want to add to that. You are the shaman. You are the shaman. You are the shaman. Let that sit in there for a second. You are the shaman. Thank you, Latham. You guys, there is so much more to this episode. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, it's about 45 minutes longer. Head over to Patreon now. You do not want to miss all the gems, all of the knowledge dropped by Latham. And just more sharing, more honesty. And if you feel like this episode resonates with you now, I want to encourage you to please, please go to Patreon right now and listen to the rest of this episode. Patreon.com backslash good moms, bad choices. The link is in this episode description. Thank you. Thank you, Latham, for this true, true reminder of our power. So let's wrap up this episode from here. Urgency and efficiency. Urgency urgency and efficiency. efficiency. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yes.
Well, Latham, can you thank you so much for coming on thank our show so and taking the time to, to chat with us. Can you tell our tribe where they can find you? Yes, y'all. Um, just come to if you're in the social land. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram at Glowmaven. It's G L O W M A V E N. And then at Mama Glow is on Instagram. You can go to mamaglow.com if you're interested in doula. Like if you want to become a doula, if you want to find a doula, if you want to advance your career as doula, um, you can come there. And we also, I do want to say this, which is important for people um, nationwide. We provide doula services, but also for people who cannot afford. Um, we do have many programs, especially for um, women of color, black Birthing people specifically, we have programs that have no income requirement. Um, just if you would like a doula and you just want somebody to help you through this process, um, if you're wherever you're located. Um, but we we have like bigger programs in like cities like New York, L.A., Miami, uh, Atlanta and New Orleans um, and D.C. But we service everywhere. So reach out to us if you are looking for a doula and you need that support and that handholding because um, we want to make sure that everybody has that access. And then if you are in um, school, okay, if you want to do doula school and you've like moved on in life and you're like in your next iteration of your, I don't know, next career path um, that you want to you know, potentially be a doula, we have public-based programs. And if you're in the university, um, you can take my course at Brown in the spring. Um, I just taught it last spring, um, but you could you could join me there at um, at Brown University, where I'm your professor. The practice is gender and sexuality studies. Yeah, Professor Thomas here to serve you. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see y'all if you are if you're up at um if you're up at Brown. I'll, I'll see you in the springtime. But otherwise, um, catch me on these internet streets. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll make sure to link all of uh, Latham's information in this episode description. Um, Make sure you come check us out. October 21st, we have our live show in L.A., y'all. Confessions of a good mom. So come hang out with your girls. Come turn up. You need that night off. Drop them babies off. Drop them babies. Come with your girls. Come with your man. Come with your wife. Whatever. Um, And we're going to be at the Terragram Ballroom. And uh, we have a few spots left for our retreat next year, next summer in Costa Rica, yes. July 2020, wait, 2024. Oh, my God. So you have plenty, plenty of time to invest in this retreat. Um, it's invest a, in your rest. Invest in your rest. That's right. You invest in your disconnection and reconnection to yourself. That's right. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful experience that Mila and I have curated for you guys. You can click the link, check out our reviews. Um, we five stars, baby. Um, make sure you go uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm wearing our friend's um, line. It's called Vintage Souls. Female founded line based here in L.A. If you like my outfit, check her out at VintageSouls.com. Yep. No, vin- yeah. Just look up Vintage Souls. And what's the discount code we got? Good Moms for 30% off. Good Moms. And this is a luxury brand, so you're going to want to use that 30% hey, hey. off, girl. Shout and out to Valley Girl Vintage, who <laughs> supplied these vintage pants that I'm wearing. Our drip. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.